everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DVTPFL. It's Tuesday. It's February 9th. It's 2021, and we have seven NBA games to talk about here on today's slate. We are presented by Monkey Knife Fight. If you guys haven't checked them out, they're the fastest-growing single-player DFS site out there. You get a 100% bonus up to $50 on your first deposit if you use our link, rotogrinders.com slash partner slash MKF. Um, it will be in the description of the podcast. You guys can check that out. I'm joined by my good buddy, fresh off a of Vegas trip, um, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? I feel fantastic right now. I actually do. Don't know why. Don't understand it, but I feel great. You know, been haven't played basketball the last two days for obvious reasons, but ready to get back into it. Fun little slate. Yeah, can tr- hoping to. Spend the next two weeks recouping my loss from the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, Super Bowl is brutal, man. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So you know, NASCAR starts today. So hoping to hoping to start off right with that. But uh, let's get into it. And um, oh, so sorry, I was reading something. Um, let's get into it. Brooklyn at Detroit is where we start. No total in this game. KD is out for Brooklyn, and then on Detroit, Ellington's questionable. Hayes is out. Jackson's questionable. Okafor is out. DSJ is in the protocols from the trade. We're going to put him as questionable, but he probably won't play. And Wright is questionable. Um, let's start here with Brooklyn. Brooklyn should control this game. Like this shouldn't be that close of a game, right? Like what what do we like here for Brooklyn? Yeah, it shouldn't be that close of a game, but there, I, I honestly wouldn't surprise me. Brooklyn has been off and on. Like I get they have they'll have two of their big three, but. I'm not playing as if it's going to be a blowout. I think that both Harden and Kyrie are both very much in play, 10-9 and 10-3, considering what their potential upside is and what their floor is. They're not the worst price tags in the world. Obviously, prefer Ky- or Kyrie a little bit more to Harden just because his price tag is significantly cheaper. But depending on what value ends up opening up on the slate, Harden become, could become a mainstay in my laps. Outside of that, like Harris is probably priced about where he should be at 6-2. He's going to end up giving you 25 to – 35 points so not really a guy that i'm looking at jeff green gonna play 30 minutes and not really pay off his 5.3 k price tag jordan's a little bit interesting um the fact that it might need the height like he plays a little bit better i think he plays a little bit better with harden without kd in there could potentially play 30 minutes if he does going up against brooklyn it's not the worst matchup in the world he's an interesting tournament play depending on what value ends up opening up tomorrow but Predominantly, it's Harden and Kyrie in here, and both of them stand out as good plays as long as the game stays close. I think the other guy you could potentially look at is like TLC. He's gonna what play twenty five ish minutes here um, with with these guys out. Um, we'll we'll see. Like you know, he got thirty three minutes the other night because Kyrie was out, but he you know had a decent game. So you know they could play Shamit too. Um, there's so many like Jeff Green's obviously he's going to, you know, get like the 30 ish minutes. Um, they could play Bruce Brown. So maybe you don't play TLC. I don't know. Um, I, I think you look at Harden and Kyrie, if Kyrie sits, you know, there's a ton of value to kind of go around here. Um, just in general, um, Detroit, you know, we were, we were chatting before we even got started. We're like, if Wright misses and Ellington misses, who's going to play point guard for Detroit. And I think like, that is just like the question mark and why this game might not stay close. Yeah, no, it definitely could be a problem. I wouldn't be surprised if they just decided to run Jackson 
or Grant at point. He's like questionable, too. <laughs> Jackson's questionable? Yeah, he's question. He's like an illness or something. He's questionable, too. Oh, really? That's not showing up on mine, but... Oh, gosh. That, like... If you're stacking up this game, like Jeremy Grant, I have to assume is going to shoot the ball 20-plus times if this game's going to stay close. Like, he has to do a ton on offense, so I think he's in play at 7K. Like, it's got up against Brooklyn. They're terrible defensively. They run at a fast pace. Like, it's going to be a high-scoring game if it can somehow stay close. So I think most of these guys are in play if you're playing Kyrie or someone on the other side. So Jeremy Grant, I think, is in play, and then you just kind of figure out who's going to end up playing. Like, there's too many question marks right now. But if Jackson's out then you can look at right at 6K if he ends up playing, like just because they're going to need him to run the point and they're going to need him for minutes and they're going to need him for usage and it's a good matchup. But like I, it, it is impossible with, to say who to use if we don't know who's playing or not. But based on the injuries, like if Jackson or DSJ end up playing, then you can play either of them. Like, oh, I was talking about Josh Jackson. Yeah, no, he's not questionable. Oh, Josh Jackson. Okay, I get what you're saying. Frank yeah. Jackson, right? Like, yeah, he's. Yeah, no, I knew Frank Jackson was questionable, but like they could potentially have him run the point. I don't know if it's the greatest idea in the world, but they might just be forced to do it based on who's in or out. So I think Grant's in play regardless is a bring back just because of the great um, matchup. But any one of the guards that are in play, if several of them get ruled out, are very, very much in play and I think could end up crushing their price tag, especially. If Ellington and Wright end up getting ruled out, and either Jackson or DSJ for some reason ends up playing, they're 3K. They can come in with 24-plus minutes running the point and crush their price tags, especially in a spot like this. But it all depends on the injury news. Outside of Grant, I think, who is a great play if you're bringing it back, or Jackson is a great play if you're bringing it back because they're just going to need some point scores, and those two guys are the likeliest to put up 20-plus shots in the spot. Yeah, like obviously this this is really just gonna be determined by injury news. Um, so this one's really tough. But luckily, it's like the seven o'clock game, so like we're gonna be able to adjust everything as soon as like the news comes out. Uh, Knicks and Heat, no total in this game. Noel is questionable. Bradley, Dragic, um, Harkless, and Leonard outs. Uh, let's start with New York. What are we looking at here for the Knicks? Really, just Randall. Like I don't know what Rose is gonna be like with this rotation. Quickly seeing his minutes just plummet i don't understand it but i can't imagine rose being there is going to change anything for the better for him burke's probably priced about where he should be at 5.1k i i like it's randall it's just randall i mean barrett's always fine but it's not really the greatest match in the world going up against miami don't really see a ton of upside it's gonna be a lower scoring lower pace game just like i the guard situation is just so ridiculous to me right now trading for rose is just I don't understand it. No one understands it. But, like, this guard situation is just so muddled. All of them are priced about where they should be. They could all end up seeing very low amount of minutes because of how many different ones they have. So you stay away from the guards, and that literally just leaves Randall for me. He's always a guy that has triple-double upside. He's always a guy that should go for 20-plus real-life points, should go over 50 DK points, even in this spot. They just played it a few days ago or yesterday, whatever it was. And he put up 56. Couldn't see that again. That's it. Like I don't. I don't want anything else. I don't want. I'm gonna leave the situation alone, unless something starts to show from it. But right now, the guard situation is just an absolute mess. Yeah, and they're adding Derrick Rose. <laughs> yeah. 
Just play um, quickly I'm, for 30 minutes. That's why, why are they trying to do anything else? Yeah, like, you know, if quickly was getting consistent minutes, we'd obviously like him. But I really think Randall's the only guy you can like from New York. I think you're right on with that. Um, if you're even if you're playing like 150 teams, like who else would you realistically take shots on? Like Burks, maybe? I think he'd be the only other guy that I'd remotely even think about. But like, I don't even love that. And then on the Miami side of things, like, you know, Butler's usage is insane right now. Um, over 44 fantasy points in seven straight games. Um, Goran Dragic already out. Bradley out. Like, he's just going to continue to get the usage it's just the price um is the biggest thing but like he's coming off of a game he shot three for 11 and still put up 44 fantasy points yeah the shots really haven't been there in the last three games and he's still been paying off his price tag prior to the first game against washington he was putting up 17 plus shot attempts a game scoring over 50 in every single one and weirdest thing in the world is that he's put up 44.5 points in three straight you don't see that kind of weird consistency outside of chris davis um but, like, he's been close to a triple-double. He's been close to a double-double each of the past three games, and it's just been one assist shy of missing it or two boards shy of missing it in each of the last three games. And so, like, there's definitely a little bit more upside. 8.3K, he's barely paid off that price tag in the last three games. But, again, just not shooting well. The volume shooting hasn't been there. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little bit of an uptick in any given game here. So, I, I like Butler, and that that's that's really it. Nunn's price tag is right where it should be at 56 or 5.6K. Um, he's playing 30-plus minutes, but unless he has a ridiculous shooting night, which he occasionally has, he's not going to pay off that price tag. Over the last month, he's been shooting 50% from the field. I don't know if that's entirely sustainable. And even shooting 50% from the field and putting up 12-plus shot attempts, he's still only averaging about 28 points, 30 points, which – you're assuming some negative regression, a match versus New York that's going to be slow paced and it's a tough defensive matchup. He can't pay off that price tag. Hero always is a shot at a big game, but five point or six point seven K is not worth taking that shot on this big of a slate with this much value. So it's just Butler. Just Butler, I think, for me too. Um I just like I just don't like Bam. Bam could crush in this spot, and like he's the only other one that I would play. But like I'm not, I'm not going out of my way to play him. I will say like, if you find Kendrick Nunn cheap anywhere, he's his minutes are going to be back up in this game just because of some of the injuries um, with like Dragic and Bradley out. So he's going to play 30 minutes probably off of the bench. He could potentially even start here. So you know if he's cheap anywhere, I don't have Yahoo or Fanduel, um, Superdraft, any of that stuff pulled up in front of me. Uh, moving on, we got Houston at New Orleans. It's a back-to-back for Houston. No total in this game. Um, we do know that Oladipo is probably not going to play. We know Christian Wood's out. Um, Wall and Eric Gordon are both expected to play. And then, as far as San or as far as New Orleans goes, Hart is questionable. Um, let's start here with Houston. Obviously, you know, no Oladipo. Um, and, and like we know that you know Wall at seventy-three hundred, he's probably too cheap here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he kind of is. The problem is, you never know if he's going to get into the mid thirties because he just doesn't seem to. And his minutes are all over the place. Granted, he keeps ending up in the thirty-five plus point range almost every single game. So I think Wall's too cheap. I plan on playing him a decent amount. He's definitely a guy that's on my board. And then I think I'm going back to the well on Boogie. Um, 
still 7.4K. I know he had a rough night last night, which means probably going to come in at low ownership tonight because he burned so many people, but still getting a 27% usage. If this game stays close, which it's more likely to on there, then I'd assume that he's going to end up with 30 plus minutes. So, like, it, it's he didn't get the double bonus. Like, he didn't play a ton because of the blowout. It just it was a rough night overall, so I'm just going right back to the well with Boogie. It's him and Wall for me. Like, Gordon, you can always take a shot on, but not someone that I really want to. been crushing recently. He's been shooting the ball fairly well due for some negative regression. So, he probably my favorite of anyone on here, but Wall's right behind. Yeah, like, they just they got blown out by Charlotte. So, um, really tough to kind of gauge um, that one at all. But I think, like, um, you know, if you want to play DeMarcus Cousins, you want to play John Wall. I think, you know, obviously, look like at John Wall, the last game uh, was super competitive, and it was, you know, 32 minutes. And if this game is competitive with Oladipo out, Maybe we are getting 33, 34, 35 minutes uh, from John Wall. And at 7,300 with the usage, um, you know, we're looking at 33% usage in 131 minutes with no Old Depot, no Wood, and no Exum. So um, massive usage, averaging 1.24 fantasy points per minute. Um, goes up even more with James Harden off, too. I forgot to take him off. I always forget, like, when someone gets traded, that uh, you got to, like, manually type yeah. it in. Um but, you know, that's another person that, like, you know, you're taking off the floor. Let's see where it comes out at with Wall. Um, so you're looking at John Wall, 90 minutes, 35% usage, 1.28 fantasy points per minute. So definitely beyond him. DeMarcus Cousins, 1.32 fantasy points per minute. Eric Gordon, a fantasy point per minute. So definitely like in the Houston side here. Um, New Orleans is playing a lot faster now, too. So obviously that's super good for the Houston guys. Um, what do you like here for the Pelicans? Ingram, Zion, Ball. It's it's an all right match versus Houston. Obviously, they were great defensively, and they kind of fallen off a little bit, and they're resting more towards the mean. But like it's it's a slightly above average matchup in my eyes, which means Zion and Ingram, um, priced at eight point two, eight point five k, are about where they should be. Like I think there are better plays on the slate. I'd rather go with Butler than either of them. You get pretty much the same floor, if not a little bit more, and you get more upside. Ball is probably my favorite of the three. He's been putting up pretty decent numbers recently, contributing in all areas, putting up over 30 points in six straight, averaging around 37 in that time frame. So he's been paying off the 6.3K price tag. This game stays close and a decent match if he could end up with 45-plus, always a threat at a triple-double. So Lonzo is probably my favorite play, but Ingram and Zion are just guys I'll strictly throw in if I'm playing Wall or Bogey or both. Yeah, I think like, you know, Houston, um, obviously Houston with out Oladipo, like he, you know, and Christian Wood, like those are the two like main defenders you're worried about the most. So like, I, I think you have to kind of bump these guys up. Um, I think Lonzo is super interesting in this game just because of the price. Um, you know, you know, when you're looking at Zion, you're 8,200. He, he could put up 35 and kind of kill you at that price. And Ingram back to, you know, 20, 20 shots over the last couple games. You know, that's what we kind of want to see from him. So I would prefer Ingram over Zion. But, you know, if you're looking for a little bit of value to run back here, I think Lonzo um, would potentially be the guy. 
Moving on, we got Golden State at San Antonio. Same game um, that we had, you know, yesterday. 233 and a half total again. Um, I think the total is a little high, um, you know, especially watching. I watched some of that game. Uh, no injury report because it is a back-to-back, but um, I would assume that you're probably looking at same, you know, type of injury reports. Uh, what are we looking at here for Golden State? Curry, Green. Green's been playing great recently. He's been heavily involved in the offense, even though he has been scoring points. He's been dishing ball out a lot and been been getting there. Um, 40 and three straight, 6.9K. Probably about where he should be priced, but we just saw this game last night. Um, him and Curry did well. Everyone else is just fine. Like, I, I don't really want to pay 6K for Ubre or for Wiggins. I'm not going to argue with it. Scano Anderson, not really getting there. He had one big game where he played 40 minutes, and that was really it. 5K is not a low enough price tag for him. So, yeah, it's Curry and Screen. We just saw this game. We know what's good. what happened. Yeah, I think you can go back to the well on um, Tuscano Hernandez or Anderson. Um, uh, again um he i think he had like four or five fantasy points a half had a much better second half um got into a little bit of foul trouble um in the first half so his price actually like his price increased i didn't realize they increased his price so i don't even love that as much i i think like draymond curry or your two main targets um if you're not playing curry you could take a shot on like uber or wiggins um but don't overall love it. And then on the San Antonio side of things, like I, I really liked DeRozan yesterday. I'm going to go back to the well on DeRozan in this spot. Um, and I really liked Derek white yesterday. And if we get news um, that Walker is going to miss again, like I, I think that, Oh no. So Walker is going to be back for Tuesday. So I don't know how much I like Derek White with Walker back. Yeah, and I don't have we gotten news on LMA yet? I don't think we have. They just ruled him out for Monday night. They didn't give us Tuesday night news, right? Nothing on him for Tuesday night. All right. Well, if he ends up missing, then Puddle's an all right play. But realistically, I'm I'm going for like Murray. Obviously, had a ridiculous night. We're not going to expect eight steals again, but still, I underpriced at six point five k. I don't understand it at all. Like they gave him a price decrease but DeRozan Murray if LMA ends up missing are fantastic plays they're both way too cheap considering the matchup considering their usage increase and Kelvin Johnson's always a guy that's in play for tournaments he shot the ball terribly in the last game going four for 13 but if he shoots the ball well they'll let him keep chucking and he can absolutely end up with a 40-point game he's mostly just for tournaments because he can always put up a goose egg uh, keep for, for some reason um, but Murray and DeRozan are fantastic plays in the spot if Elmay's out. And even if he's in, they're still pretty good plays going up against Golden State, who's still one of the fastest-paced teams in the league. Um, moving on, we got Orlando at Portland. No total in this game. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams, Fournier, Foltz, AG, Isaac, all outs. Um, and on the Portland side, Collins, um, Little, Little McCollum, um, and Nurkic out. So the Magic very, very short-handed here going up against Portland. No Aaron Gordon, no Eric um, or Evan Fournier. What are we looking at here with the Magic? Because like outside of Vooch, everybody's under six K. Yeah, but the, I mean, looking, I don't know. It was a weird game, game blown out the other night. Like you look at their rotations there, and you had Mo Bamba playing the entirety of the fourth quarter. You had Okiki 
playing the entirety of the fourth quarter. But looking at the rest of the game, like they still spread things out pretty often. Like Cole Anthony was getting a decent amount of run and will continue to get a decent amount of run and he's the best point out there. And Vooch is going to get a ton of run. Outside of that, like they're just running the rest of the guys like 25 minutes in all likelihood, 25 to 30 minutes. So even though they're all cheap, I expect Cole Anthony and Vooch to get most of the usage. I mean, Terry Taros can always put up a big game if he gets hot from the floor, but 5K is probably the right price tag. And like it's a 5% or 95% outcome for him to get a game where he really ends up crushing value. Bacon, Birch, and his Clark are all going to get about how many minutes they should. And so like, no one's that expensive, but they're running, they're not running a Kenneth's rotation on anyone outside of Anthony and Vooch. So it really doesn't leave any of these value options as great options because they need 30 minutes in order to really get there for the most part. And that's not guaranteed for anyone outside of Cole Anthony or Vooch, even with them missing a lot of their players. So Vooch stands out as a great play. Like it's matchup versus Portland or Portland, one of the best matchups on the board. He just put up 43 points not too long ago. Like, Vooch is a fantastic play because he's going to eat up all the usage. And Cole Anthony, if this game stays close, he's more of a guy that I'm putting in if I'm throwing out in Lillard or Cantor over on the other side because his value is largely dependent on him playing a bunch of minutes. I mean, he can get there if they get blown out in the third quarter still. He can get there with the 29 minutes. He did it basically last game, but his value is mostly dependent on the game staying close. So he's more of a run back for me. Vooch is fine as a one-off. Should absolutely crush here. Yeah, like Cole Anthony, um, he actually played a little bit in the fourth quarter the other night. Um, J-Man, they started Bacon, Vooch, Ennis, um, Anthony, and Clark. Um, I don't like Clark, but I think Ennis is someone that is someone interesting on the slate where we haven't talked about a ton of value. Um, just because he's going to – he's probably going to be a guy that plays 30 minutes whether it stays close or not. Um, so – and I think Bacon is someone that you can definitely take shots on, but at, Vooch is the main play. Anthony's the other guy, and like you know, Bacon and Ennis would be like secondary plays. Mo Bamba got all the garbage time run. Frank Mason got all the garbage time run, and Okoe got all the garbage time run the other night. So I wouldn't trust any of those guys. Um, on the Portland side of things, you know, obviously this is a spot that we're kind of guessing. Um, you know, who to play outside of Lillard. Gary Trent is kind of expensive. Covington is kind of expensive. Um, what do you like here for Portland? It's really just Lillard. Um, Cantor is price tags up enough with Lillard coming back. Should see a little bit of a decrease in usage. Match versus Orlando. It's been better this year, but it's still not the greatest match in the world. So, like, Cantor at 7.5K, I feel like there's multiple other guys on the slate that I'd rather end up going with. Cantor has only gone over... 41 or hasn't gone over 41 and a half points in like seven different games at 7.5 K. I want a little bit more upside. So he doesn't really make my cut. Lillard is always a threat to just absolutely crush in any spot. Covington has his price increase so much because of the increased usage he's gotten while Lillard's been out. But I expect that to go a little bit more back down to normal to what he was doing beforehand. Cause he hasn't hadn't paid off his value literally all season long until Lillard got rolled out. Trent did have those two big games with Lillard in the game, but like now he's still going to play a bunch of minutes, but he's not going to play in the high, high thirties 
in all likelihood with Lillard coming back because they won't need that, him that much of a score and they have a few more guys in the rotation. So 6.4K is probably a little bit high. He can absolutely still go for 40 if he gets hot, but you look at his big games and it was four for nine and seven for nine from beyond the arc and seven for 13. Like those have been his big games. When he, if he's going to shoot 50% from beyond the arc, yeah, he can crush, but more likely we're going to see some negative regression here. And so his price tag is too high. Mellow with Lillard coming back, they're not going to need him for that many minutes. So I don't expect a ton out of him. It's just a spot where you get a star player that goes out who has all, all the usage and everyone slowly starts to get a bump in salary. And then as soon as he comes back, they're all way too high price. So it's just Lillard and he's probably a little bit too cheap at 10 K. Yeah. You're really hoping the game stays close if you're playing Lillard. Um, so you're probably running Lillard back with like Vooch or something. Um but, man, if you want to, like, roll the dice, I think Rodney Hood would be the guy you roll the dice with. I think Lillard is really the only guy you're looking at here. Uh, Philly at Sacramento, 230 total here. Philly favored by four and a half. Um, Scott is out. Outside of that, both these teams healthy and ready to go. Um, what are we looking at here for Philly? Embiid and Simmons are probably my two favorite. Like, it's, it's Sacramento. We know how bad they are defensively. Like, we're not the fastest-paced team in the world, but they're still a horrific Defensive team. So Embiid, obviously going for the MVP, been crushing, been averaging over 55 points over the last seven games, I believe. And he's this is a perfect crush spot here if this game ends up staying close. So him and then Simmons, always a threat, a triple-double. Outside of that, I think Seth Curry's the interesting guy. He came back from his illness, played 27 minutes the other night. He still hasn't had a game where he shot a ton um, in almost a month or a little over a month. The last time... He shot over 11 shot attempts was against Washington at the beginning of January. That's where he went for 40 points. So his minutes are gradually increasing. He played 27 in the other game. It was a bit of a blowout. And this is a spot where he could end up playing 30 plus minutes. 4.2K, we already talked about. There's not a ton of value at the moment, although that could definitely change tomorrow. Seth Curry is probably my favorite play from Philly, especially with a bad defensive team like Sacramento. He can end up putting up 14 shots in this game and end up playing 35 minutes. And if he does that, then that price tag is way too low. Yeah, don't hate that call. Um, on the King side of things, like as much as we like De'Aaron Fox, I feel like, man, 88 is a tough ask for him here. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like he most of the time he just barely makes value. Like, 8,800 is just one of these spots going up against a tough matchup in Philadelphia. He can absolutely still go for a huge game at any given time. Like we've seen his upside multiple times a season Has a 70 point game has a 60 point game, but most of the time he's going to end up in the forties range and has a decent shot at a 35 point range. I'd throw him in if you want on a stack, but even that's tough to do unless a lot of value opens up because you want to bring it back with Embiid and probably Sims too. So I'm using Fox. I think the better play is probably Harrison Barnes. Like he had a rough game the other night versus the Clippers, but he shot one from seventh field. He just wasn't shooting well, but he's been like, he's been randomly just playing either great or horrible for a while. This isn't the greatest match in the world, but he's still got over 40 in three of the last four games here. He's going to play high thirties minutes. The game stays close. He has a chance of putting up over 40 points. I don't think it comes in generally at too high ownership. So 
My two favorite plays are Barnes and then probably Halbert because you're getting a drastic discount from Fox to him. And I know you're not going to get the same upside, but he still has 40 point upside. So those are the two guys that I'd probably bring back in a um, bring back in a stack. But like Barnes is by far my favorite player around Sacramento. Sean Holmes, man. Um, let's do it. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, Barnes is probably my favorite play too from Sacramento and, Man, the more we get through the slate, the more I really don't love this slate. <laughs> this is, man, like the Detroit, the Detroit news is really going to dictate this whole slate. Um, anyway, last game is Boston at Utah. No total in this game. Jalen Brown's questionable. Marcus Smart's out. Mike Conley's out. Um, you're probably one of the most competitive games that we'll have on the slate. But um, I don't know. Competitive games aren't always great for DFS. Grant, what do we like here for Boston? Tatum, if Brown's out, is a fantastic play at 9.2K. I'll see an increase in usage. He's going to shoot the ball 25-plus times in this matchup. It's a tough matchup, but um, Tatum's first guy that I'm looking at, and Kemba's the second guy. I mean, Brown's out. He's going to play 30-plus minutes, and he's probably going to shoot the ball 20 times. Had a horrific shooting night the other night versus Phoenix, but he still put up 20 shots, 19 shots, 18 shots the last three games. He can get there at 6.6K if he has a hot shooting night. But, yeah, it's kind of all dependent on if Brown plays or not. And then if Brown's out, then you probably look at some of the ancillary value that is going to get some extra run here because everyone else is way cheap. Yeah, like you mentioned, Kimba, man, four for 20 the other night um, against Phoenix, but played 33 minutes. Like, I think we have to look at him in this spot. Um Outside of that, like maybe at, you know Pritchard at 4K if if Smart um, or if Brown gets ruled out, you know I just you know you don't love it, but he's only 4K, so he's someone that you could potentially look at for value. Um, you know it doesn't seem like they really want to play Jeff Teague a ton of minutes right now. So, and then on the Utah side of things, I think like Mike Conley being out is you know, low-key huge news on this slate. Um, just kind of, you know, looking through this slate. What's your thoughts here on Utah? Yeah, with Conley being out, we're getting Point Mitchell at 8.1K in a competitive game. I mean, he put up 56 points the last game. Like, he gets a massive assist increase, and he still gets puts up the same number of shots. Like, I can't remember what his usage was against Indy, but it was pretty darn high. So, Mitchell is by far my favorite play. He's one of the better plays on the entire slate without Conley in there. I think Clarkson's fine. Like, he should get a little bit of an increase in minutes. We know that he's going to eat up a ton of usage whenever he's in the game. If he gets hot shooting, then he should end up crushing. It's those two guys. I'm always fine with Rudy. Not a bad match for him. Bogdanovich, Ingles are both fine, but not great plays. Um, they're priced about where they should be at 6.1 and 5.8K. Both of them have the potential to put up a massive outing any time, but it's it's Mitchell and it's Clarkson. Like Point Mitchell is absolutely underpriced at eight point one k. I mean Donovan Mitchell um, had a thirty seven percent usage rate the other night against the Pacers, so that just kind of gives you an idea of what you're looking at for this slate um, as far as he goes. And then, man, I don't hate Rudy Gobert in this spot. Like, you know, I think like when you're looking at the matchup overall he could definitely do really well in this matchup. So I really like Mitchell. I don't mind taking shots on Gobert. Um, but yeah, I think Clarkson at 6K is someone you could potentially look at here. 
Uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then uh, we'll get out of here. Give me your favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Seth Curry. Seth Curry. All right. I like it. Um, I'm going to go with Dwayne Bacon, you know, just because we don't know the Detroit news. Um, I'll go with Bacon because we kind of know what's going to be with the Magic. Um, over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust at the top today? Uh, I just had it here. I already forgot. How did I already forget? Oh, gosh. How did I already forget who it was? Um, I'm going to go with De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, he's probably the, like, the least likely guy I end up in that range um, on this slate. Outside of him, like everybody in this range is like really strong, really solid. Um, I think the guy that I end up the least outside of Fox is probably Curry. I know that's not always the greatest idea, um, but I really like Harden, um, you know, Lillard against Orlando, like, you know, a lot of these guys we talked about. So I think Curry is the guy that I end up on the least here. Uh, favorite 6X play, who do you got? Um, Mitchell. And we are on the same page today. Um, that is exactly who I was thinking as well. Really like that's the spot for him. I'm going to go with John Wall. Um, Noel Oladipo, I think this is a great spot for him. Let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got? Calvin Johnson. All right. I think that's pretty weird. I'm going to go with Lonzo Ball. I don't know how weird that is, but we'll see. Um, contest selection, anything standing out to you on FanDuel or DraftKings today? No, Superdraft just keeps having an overlay, though, every single day. They're just losing a boatload of money on their contests. So that's their $12 and $4 uh, tournaments are one of the most positive EV spots out there. I like it. Um, always chase an overlay. You got you to chase that overlay really good right after Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was there was definitely overlay there. And definitely did not help me. Thanks, Gronk. Uh, um, I'm going to go with the $27 single entry fast break on DraftKings today. Pays 23% of the field. Top 10 is under 40%. This is a solid bankroll building um, tournament. And, um, you know, you, it's kind of like hidden. So, like, not a lot of people see it. So, um, really like that one over there. Um, any over under against the spread? Anything standing out to you here? I can't find anything. Like there's nothing up on DraftKings. All right, here we go. Um, FanDuel has some mods up now. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Detroit plus nine versus Brooklyn. All right, Detroit plus nine. You may want to wait though to hit that line if you are gonna bet it because. It's learned, like I'd wait around for them to give out their injury report because six guys could end up playing or not playing. Like so, their guard position is going to be fairly important to whether they have a shot keeping close. If Wright and Ellington both get ruled out, then I think it's probably not a great bet anymore. But so you just wait until that game or until the injury report goes in there, and then if they're in, you hammer the Pistons plus nine. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Philly. Uh, minus four and a half. Like I, I know they're on the road, but Sacramento is a terrible defensive team. Philly's healthy right now. Um, I really like this spot for Philly, so I will. Um, I'll give. I'll give the points there a little bit. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here, Grant? No, just goodbye football season. Hello, 
only basketball. It is NASCAR season, buddy. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Done forget. <laughs> Done forgot. That's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday talking some more hoops. Hope everyone has a great day. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. Take it.